When we're reading the Word of God, it's helpful to remember, to keep in mind that there are usually various levels or layers of meaning and application to the Word of God. There's no one meaning uh, or there's not, not one way that we would apply it. There's, there's normally many. And that's very true of today's gospel. At the first and most obvious layer, there is uh, this passage here, this gospel reading, is highlighting the true identity of Jesus. That's the first layer, the most obvious thing we read when we, when we hear this text. It's the, the very beginning of Mark's gospel. Jesus is just launching into ministry, and it seems like Mark has a point, uh, the writer of the gospel, Mark, he has a point to make. He wants to identify clearly who this guy is, who Jesus is, all right? his true identity. And so we begin today in the synagogue. As you probably know, uh, the Jews would go to the synagogue and the men would go on a Saturday, on the Sabbath. And uh, the synagogue was uh, a place, and this was in Galilee, so, you know, quite a distance from Jerusalem, too far for the people to travel to Jerusalem every week, right? Uh, and so um, they would go to the local synagogue and, and that would be a place of, of teaching, of worship, you know, of, of fellowship. And, and they... From what I understand, they didn't usually have a, a resident rabbi. They would, they would often have visiting rabbis, visiting teachers, right? And so this was obviously Jesus' time. He goes to the Sabbath and he starts teaching. And, um, and as he starts teaching, we hear that the people were touched, were impacted by his teaching. It said his teaching made a deep impression on them because unlike the scribes, he taught them with authority. Jesus was teaching in a way that was really impacting their lives, was helping them to see new possibilities for themselves. You know, many of the, the rabbis and the teachers, they would quote famous, the famous rabbis, you know. Rabbi Smith says this, Rabbi whoever says this, but Jesus, he just spoke his own words and, and they were quite moved by this teaching. Then a man comes into the synagogue who had unclean spirits. We could say he was demon-possessed. And he starts shouting out to Jesus. It seems like the, the teaching of Jesus was not just kind of touching people's hearts but was releasing them from, from evil spirits, was, was starting to free them. And, and the, the spirits weren't happy about this, so they cry out to Jesus. They say, what do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the demon says, the Holy One of God. See, even the demon knew who his true identity was, who he really was. And uh, Jesus simply says in, in response, be quiet. Come out of him. And the man was free liberated, healed. And once again, the people were like, who is this guy? Who is he really? You know, uh, exorcism at that time was quite a, a, a long process. The rabbi or whoever had that authority, they'd have to go through this long kind of list of prayers and they'd use all these different herbs and whatever. But Jesus just says, be quiet, come out. And he's free. 
Here is a teaching that is new. The people could recognise that Jesus was operating from a different level of authority. That's the point. That's the first layer of meaning we get from this gospel. And if that's all we get from this gospel, that's enough. If we can just sit with that, if we can just recognise what this is saying about who Jesus is and his authority as the Son of God and as the Saviour and and what that means for our life if we yield to that authority, that's enough to radically impact and change our whole lives. But there's more than one layer, right? (laughs) There's at least a second layer. And that second layer has to do with what this authority of Jesus means for our lives. You see, on Sunday, we celebrate the baptism of Jesus, right? And, and we, we reflected on how because of the, Jesus, the baptism of Jesus and because of our baptism, we now share in what Jesus has. We're co-heirs with Christ, St. Paul says. And, and, and that means especially that we share in the same relationship that Jesus has with the Father. So that means that if Jesus has this level of authority, if he's able to, to, um, to minister and, and to live in such a way that he's able to touch the hearts of people and release them from their demons and bring freedom to them, then guess what? That means we can too because we share in his authority. We too can have an immense impact and influence in the lives of others. And we should, not just we can, we should, because we're co-heirs with Christ. We we are fellow sons and daughters of the Father. So how do we live out our lives with this kind of impact, this kind of authority? Well, two things, three things that we learn from Jesus. Firstly, his authority comes out of his relationship with the Father. He knew he was the beloved and when you know who you are, when you really know who you are, uh, it, 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 there's a certain authority that comes from that knowing, from that security, from that sense of God's, God's love over your life. There's, there's just a power that comes from that. There's a, an authority. There's a, a freedom. God works through that uh, relationship, our relationship with him in, in, a, in a powerful way. Remember Jesus said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Unless you remain in me and I in you, unless we've got that relationship, you can't do anything. But if you, if we are, if you are in me, then you know, the, the vine can do extraordinary things for you. So the first way that Jesus accessed that authority is through relationship with the Father. The second was that he, he gave himself, he surrendered to the Father's will. He, 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 he just allowed the Father to work through him. He allowed the, the authority of God to, 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 to be channeled through him. You know, we can try so hard, can't we, trying, trying, trying to do what we think we need to do. But unless we're doing the Father's will, we, 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 you know, we're missing out on the power. I was reminded of Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labour in vain. Unless the Lord guards the city, the guard keeps watch in vain. In vain is your, it is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, when he gives sleep to his beloved. See, the psalmist is recognising that when we're working against the will of God, it's, it's, there's no power, there's no, there's no fruit. 
But, but when, we, when we're with the will of God, even when we're sleeping, God will, God will do extraordinary things through us. And we see that, of course, in the life of Jesus. He, 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 he swam with the tide, not against it. The third way that Jesus tapped into the authority of the Father was that he, he simply trusted in it. He, he, uh, he moved in the authority. He, he, he stepped out. He, he prayed with people. He, he taught. He took risks. And, and if we want the authority of God to be operating through us, we need to do the same thing too. We need to be a bit brave, right? We need to pray for people when they're sick. We need to, um, I don't know, um, have the conversation with a stranger. We need to be prepared to take that risk, remembering our belovedness, remembering that um, we're doing our best to follow the Lord's will and listen to the Holy Spirit and trusting that. And, and when we sense the Lord calling us to step out and to do it, to allow his authority to be at work in us and through us.